Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The world of work has changed dramatically, and organizations are evolving. A full or part-time MBA from UCD Smurfett School equips managers to react at pace and deliver change. Now is the time to transform your career and gain a new business network. Join our virtual MBA Experience Day on Saturday, November 20th. Register at smurfettschoolie forward slash events. UCD Michael Smurfett Graduate Business School. Developing impactful business leaders. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast. I've just flown in from the Windy City, Josh. The yes, Windy you City have. is mighty purdy, but they ain't got what we got, have they, Josh? They certainly haven't. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's good to have some semblance of order restored. <laughs> yeah, that fucking an hour and 45 minute nightmare last week. Let me just say, <laughs> I'll be keeping this to a tight one hour 25 minutes this week, <laughs> as per usual. Get a bit of bloody brevity into this fucking house. If JB's laptop hadn't literally bricked itself in protest at just how long we were talking for, I think me and JB would still have been there setting the world to rights at midnight. So I am Lee Calvert, the host of Blood and Mud, and over there is... Uh, I remain Josh Gardner. Just about, anyway. Yeah, so I had 27-degree heat, architecture and baseball last week, and I've returned to rain, rugby and a general sense of malaise. Well, I mean, one of those things is all right. Yeah. Answers on a postcard, which one? We'll do a poll. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with me at Blood and Mud or Lee at bloodandmud.com. We are available on Acast and Apple Podcasts and so on. How do people get in touch with you, Josh? Uh, it's at Josh Gardner, at Rugby Shirt Watch, uh, com, of course, and uh, occasionally just me coughing and spluttering because <laughs> I've got a bit of a cold. You can, you can do that as well. We also have, for those of you who want to, you know, give us a little bit of your hard-earned to support the work that we do each week when I'm, well, not every week for me because I wasn't here, but uh, yeah. there is yeah. the Patreon That's account. Uh, it's a little, been a little bit, you can go over to Blood and Mud, no, patreon.com slash Blood and Mud where you can sign up for as little as 
Well, it's a tiny amount of money. It's like yeah. it's like what a ripple or something. It's the sort yeah. of money that ninety nine percent of us would not notice going, and that's kind yeah. of what we're hoping for. We're hoping betting on, to be honest. Yeah, you just and... don't notice. <laughs> don't remind <laughs> them. Yeah, so. Uh, just let you know, we've not been that quick with the extra content this. Uh, we had an extra bonus sort of preview the other week, but we've got a Rugby Live coming up with Jason Tovey this week, mm-hmm. which I'm really looking forward to, actually. Yeah. And then the beginning of October, or towards the middle of October, we've got the next Rugby History podcast. Yes. Which is for Very patrons only, that. which has been voted on by patrons, and you've decided to go for South Africa because we like oh, wallowing Jesus. in the hideousness of the oh, history of Rugby Union. So... Oh, that's going to be an absolute laugh a minute, isn't it? Laugh a minute, with definitely lots of respect going on. Yes. Thank you for all of the patrons who have subscribed, enabling me to do things like buy a microphone that doesn't crackle massively every time. Yeah, apologies for the crackle last week. Josh has. (laughs) I have replaced that. Because of your hard-earned donations, I have been able to replace that instantly with a new thing that's shaped like a giant testicle, which is exciting. Which is wonderful. So... Yeah, so you mentioned your podcast with JB last week. I didn't get to do all of it, but Steve OP <laughs> dropped uh, an email, a, a DM to me to say, uh, Good was getting JB to finally say fuck after an hour of the podcast. I did listen to some of it. He, he even called, when we did the shit good, when you did the shit good ratings, he even called it bad, not shit. It's like he could, he must, oh, he must have a broadcasting that. mode that he can't swear in. Because Tim does, probably yeah. tells him off on the exchanges. He something. does, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I, I must admit, I didn't listen to the whole thing back, but I listened to like the first 10, 15 minutes to make sure it wasn't shit. And holy shit, I, I, well, there we go. I, I swore a lot more than he did. Yeah, he didn't swear at all. He, is that not it's... even with the one of the central brand elements of the <laughs> yeah. show? He couldn't bring himself to say that either. It's the thing that I think it's, you th- it's thrown into even sharper relief when you're alongside somebody that isn't swearing at all. <laughs> You just you're sound like, like you're ill. Me. What is wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I'm back now. We could go yes, right back into the fine. group. Yeah. So I feel like I've got Tourette's anymore. Steve yes. O'Peel said that shit was that we'll never. I don't know what this means, but you probably do. We will never know the conclusion of the Apple laptop discussion. Uh, yes, you never will. <laughs> never ever. Right then, we begin as we always begin with a lovely, lovely player spotted, where we ask you to send in some mundane <laughs> spottings of players that you've spotted out and about around the world. Daniel Nask slides into my DMs, and this is a cl- this is a retro classic. Okay, but I'm telling I'm you, it's one of the favorite. It's one of the favorite ones I've ever had. I'll be. Honest. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Now listen to the. Well, just just get, let me give you the scene because it's so mundane. It's magnificent, right? One Sunday, two thousand and four, when I was home from uni, myself and a friend pulled into the car park of Halfords in Cumbran. I mean, that's a very strong start. That's a solid gold star, isn't it? As I exited the car, I somehow managed to open my door onto the car next to me. My dismay was increased when I saw the make and model, a brand new Mercedes E-Class Estate. A partridgean level of detail there. And further still, when I noticed the writing on the side, which indicated it was provided to a Dragons player by Sinclair Mercedes. Oh, dear. The, this player was named, and it was none other than South African legend Percy Montgomery. Oh, Jesus. Emboldened by a sense of civic duty and an opportunity to meet the great man, I strode into Halfords to find him and apologise. That's very good of you, Daniel. It is. He said it didn't. A little t- self serving, but you know, whatever. It didn't take long to identify Mr. Montgomery, given his luxurious hair and larger than anticipated stature. He was playing with the wall of radios, accompanied by his also extremely tall lady friend 
who was dressed as though she was heading straight to Newport's premier shithole nightclub, the Zanzibar. Hello. Slightly taken aback by the sheer size of the man, I'm afraid to say that instead of approaching him to explain the situation, I instead asked a friend who worked there if there was a CCTV in the car park. He said no, and to my eternal shame, I fucked off as quickly as I could. (laughs) Part of me wonders if this contributed to him leaving the Dragons a little while later, but as I'm a Blues fan, I could not give a single fuck. (laughs) Daniel, that is wonderful. One thing about that story that I find legitimately baffling right yeah Percy Montgomery has drives a leased Mercedes brand new from Sinclair Mercedes in Cardiff Hmm. that he has been provided for free yeah so why is he looking at the radios in half? <laughs> That's true. Maybe like, he found... is he planning to upgrade the radio in his top of the line Mercedes? Maybe if that... so, by all means, what does he want? One of those ones hey. that's got like a pop-out fucking DVD player. He probably this does. This is why he? he clearly left Dragons a while later because he went yeah. back to Dragons and he said, "I've seen a radio that I want in the Mercedes." <laughs> and they've gone. And if you don't Mercedes, put it in there, Mercedes I'm dying. Sound system is fine. And they're like, "No, sorry, mate, not a chance." Oh, what the fucking in car DVD player? <laughs> that was that wasn't as good as mine. That was as good. You'd work yeah. your Razzie for a few days before, hadn't yeah. you? You're not. A... Yeah. It's probably still better probably. than mine because my university accepted as being <laughs> fucking terrible. So it's better when I've got a chance to workshop it a little bit, you know. Yeah. So thank you for that, Daniel. That that, that had everything going that on. Fantastic. The mention of a terrible provincial nightclub, a Halfords, yeah, yeah. Cumbran. Cumbran, Percy Montgomery, who's kind of glamorous but not all at the same time. He was the sort of a kind of a, a, a what's his fucking name? Tiny Scrum, Tiny Scrum off who plays for us. He was the Faf no, the Hoo-ha. Francois oh, Hoo-ha. Yeah, I am thinking of Faf actually, aren't I? Yeah, yeah he, was the was... of his, he was the Faf of his time. Just twice as tall. Just twice as tall and more of a bastard. I'm not going to go into this too much, but seriously, is there still a car radio market? Because um, everything's so built in now. I mean, it must be for all the cruising, teenage, Vauxhall, Corsa, Citroen, Saxo types. I, I considered purchasing a uh, Bluetooth-enabled radio for my 2005-era Fiat Punto in the last six months. I decided against it because it was a waste of time, obviously. No, I bought one of those tapes that goes into the tape player and plugs into your, into your headphone <laughs> socket. See, that's that's some old... From Maplins, can't do that anymore. That's keeping some OG shit going there. I think I kept Maplins going another two weeks. Basically Problem is, I've got that. I've got a CD player in mind, so I can't. In the uh, end, what I did is I managed to find a, a Bluetooth thing that plugs into the auxiliary port. It doesn't. It's a very boring story, but anyway, I can tell you that yes, they do still exist. Fucking they're still, they're still really expensive. Oh, I'm not even up. No, this banter's too much for me. We're gonna have to move it's on. Unbelievably good. Right then, before we move on to talk more car radios. Um, let's um, decide who we're going to sit next the to. The worst aside we've ever, ever. done. The, that is Fire officially Fire. the worst Fire. blind alley we've ever gone down. Oh, my God. Just stop the podcast. I'm getting off. Um, yes, let's yeah. decide who we're going to sit next to down yeah. the clubhouse. JB joined in, in this as well, but that, by, by just calling a couple of his old mates. I know, which I used to like. <laughs> Didn't even make it up. Just went, yeah. There's these couple of tossers yeah. I know, yeah. and, he's, yeah. and he says, "I won't give, a, I won't, I won't say who they are." But obviously, they were massively identifiable by all the yeah. details. That oh, you massively get. so. If, in fact, if it was you, get in touch. Let us know. Yeah, were, were you one of the two people that JB wasn't very happy with last week? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you both sounded awful. 
<laughs> right then, who's yes. going first? Uh, crack on. Right then, here is your um, two choices this week, Josh, just sit next to you. First of all, uh, we've got Jimmy Echo. Right. Um, he's the assistant coach at Old An- Anurizumians. <laughs> right. That's a, I've tried too hard there, haven't I? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the sort of thing that works better in print. Than it, it does. It looks a lot better written down on my notes here. Absolutely. Um, anyway, he's got a comb over all the way from the back. You picturing it? Oh, oh, proper like overcompensator into like a bowl, yeah. Ed. Yeah. The international Gusta master of that is Ed Sheeran. <laughs> if Ed Sheeran shaved his head, can you imagine? I'd rather not, if I'm totally honest. I was watching a baseball game on the telly last night. It uh, was um, where, who was it playing? Uh, Milwaukee, some massive fucking stadium. Anyway, and it said yeah. it had a big poster that Ed Sheeran was staying there. Playing there at the end of the week. Yeah. He's an absolute disgrace. I hate it. And he always wears a fucking shirt of a sports team that plays there. It's like, re- you've got, I hate it when he does that. He's got a terrible Stratocaster as well. He's even ruined the Stratocaster by some yeah. stupid design he's put on it. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, so Jimmy's got a comb over from the back. So, already it's not good, is it? Because it's going to remind you of Shearing now. And the reason why he's called Jimmy Echo is that the assi- he's the assistant coach and it, his job involves just repeating everything the head coach says. The head coach oh. says, we've got to clear these people out. And, he, and Jimmy goes, clear them out, clear them out. Oh, that's, Jesus. that's all you get. And he'd probably be like that when he sat next to him as well. Oh, God. So like a double agreeer, effectively. Effectively, yeah. Sort of like having a slapback delay on your own voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly God. like that, yeah. No. Okay. Next is Brian Bobbins. <laughs> okay, yeah. Brian is officially, or well, not officially, but we think officially, he would be if they actually checked these things, the lowest <laughs> achiever at everything he's ever attempted, ever. Okay. So he was a terrible I feel rugby... Like, I feel like a kindred spirit all of a Terrible like rugby player. He, anything he attempts, he's terrible at. Rugby, carrying a drink from the bar, relationships, learning a musical instrument, not setting said musical instrument on fire. He failed at that as well. He somehow managed to install a radiator on the outside of his house without realising. He only realised that he'd done it when his best mate, Keith Brilliant, who'd been upstairs sleeping with his wife, came down and pointed it out. Fucking Keith. He's in particularly bad form this week as well because Keith is marrying his ex at the end of the week. And Keith asked him to be best man. And as you can imagine, the speech is not going well. I mean, in some ways I feel a sort of affinity and fraternity with Keith being a, a serial underachiever myself. With Brian, but, you mean? Uh, Keith Brilliant's Brian, fine. So, sorry, yeah. Because we've all known a Keith as well, haven't we? We've all I don't feel a... any affinity with Keith whatsoever. Fuck that guy. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll stick with Brian. I feel like I can I can give him a few pointers, you know? Yeah. Maybe I'll be able to help him. Can you fit like radiators on the inside of your house? Things like that? Uh, I mean, I certainly have done. So <laughs> I'd say that probably has me ahead of him in some ways. Right, yeah, so have a Brian, seat next yeah. to Brian and, yes. and just watch he doesn't knock a drink over on you or something uh, like that. You, you you understand what you're getting into in these situations, you know. Anyway. Who have right, I got? You've got. Your first option is Brisby Lovelorn. <laughs> uh, oh, well, he could sit next to Brian by the sounds of things, but yeah, go on. Well, raconteur, patron of the arts, rapscallion, occasional scrum off. Uh, Brisby's theoretically part of the club, but he's more often seen on the sidelines doing a live painting of the game than he is actually fucking playing in the damage. Oh, right, yeah. Um, He does insist on buying full kit and wearing it every week, regardless of whether he's picked or not, which is a bit weird. Um, He's been known to put a few quid behind the bar after matches, which is, you know, good of him, but the sting in the tail there is that he will insist on you repaying his generosity by looking through, like, 
the prints that he's brought with him of his most recent erotic photo shoot. Ooh. Yeah, so so that's Brisby. He's a he's a bit of a character. That, that reminds me of a guy who lived on our street. We went to a house party of his once when I was about thirteen. Yes. And me and the kids were upstairs. And yeah. I stuck my head into his bedroom and there were pictures of his wife with like boobs out on the wall. Oh no. Like photos, oh, not no. paintings, actual like oh, no. artistically done oh. photographs. That's the last time I'd ever go around there. That was horrific. That's Absolutely the horrific. Yeah. Anyway, Jesus. anyway, slightly less sociable. Your other option is uh Bjorn the Borg. Uh, <laughs> also known as third of fifteen secondary adjunct of Unimatrix six four seven two. Uh, now look, I can see why he, might, he goes to Bjorn. Yeah, he might be a little bit pale, and some of those fancy gadgets that he wears might not exactly be regulation the most refs guidelines. But look, you can't deny that he works like an absolute machine on the field, and he's absolutely fantastic at instilling team spirit as well. In fact, after games, he's often found what he calls assimilating other members into his collective. I mean, okay, as a team building exercise goes, it's a little bit unconventional, but you can't deny that he gets results and. And, you know, team spirit is fantastic now. So maybe that's how they just do it in Sweden or whatever it is he said he's from. Um, so oh. there you have it. Risby Lovelorn or Beyond the Borg? I'll have to go for the first one, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I couldn't be doing with all that technical assimilation chat. At least I might get, you know, there might be some decent pictures to look at. So Yeah. And it remind me of a childhood experience I've tried to block out. <laughs> maybe, maybe finally deal with it, you know. I mean, maybe, maybe. We move on to the news now we're sat down. Yes. Uh, what have we got this week in the news? Well, uh, biggest news of the day, obviously, is uh, Metallica are playing Twickenham next June, uh, meaning that Eddie James won't be the only egomaniac with a penchant for irrational and vindictive decision-making walking the corridors of HQ next summer. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I... Zinger. It's just too... Metal satire. I've yeah, never, that's how been, I roll. I've never been to a gig at Twickenham. I think, think it would be fucking dreadful, to be quite honest with you. Stadium gigs generally are. Yeah, I mean, there is that. There is a kind of you lose 10 points already just for being in a stadium, yeah. don't you? Right, so that, speaking of England, the New England kit's out today. Yes, it is. Um, I don't even know they, they were due one. Uh, yeah, well, they kind of... It's weird, actually. They They left it... They usually release it in August, and they've left it right until the last minute. And I'll be honest with you it doesn't look like they spent those extra month and a half <laughs> exhaustively designing it does it really um yeah the, what was the quote the design of the shirt takes inspiration from white <coughs> noise the effect the created white... by the sound of england supporters cheering the team on this clearly demonstrates the people who designed this have never actually been to twickenham because if they were to actually take inspiration from the england supporters they'd incorporate a half pissed people braying offside for no discernible reason <laughs> into the design and they might also want to Google what white noise is. It's not a nice thing. No, it's not, is it? It's really, it's, it's you know, it, it, I mean, it's a nice thing if you're trying to sort of do some sort of sensory deprivation shit. But other than that. Looking at it, they've, they've actually probably, it looks like they've actually taken inspiration from a design for a Christmas card that got rejected for being too boring. <laughs> <laughs> it looks a bit is it me it looks a bit Christmassy to me there is a bit of a Christmassy but like there's a, all the props old, are going to look like tree baubles in it old Christmas cards like you know the sort of ones that had like a slight textured effect yeah that's what I mean like a white yeah, it yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. It, it's been like a white frosted card yeah. with just with a simple Merry Christmas message at the yeah. top I actually don't think it looks too bad I mean I think Joe Marlow's going to look like a gay Santa in it 
<laughs> Which I mean, that uh, who well, there's anything wrong with that? It's just uh, it wouldn't be absolutely delighted by that. Um, it's 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 not terrible. It's 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 once again the absolute <coughs> avalanche of bullshit that comes out with them. You know about <laughs> what it is it's trying to say and all that kind of stuff that, that I, makes I me laugh. Openly, just feel nothing but complete derision and amusement at it now because it's like. I know. I and I, it's like we get it. We all understand how this this whole thing works. You know. I always imagine there's people who do that job. They must have a point, like a moment of clarity in the middle of a meeting one day. And just go, what? Why the fuck am I doing this? Why? Why am I putting all these words together to create this about a jumper? <laughs> it it's... must be that you know. I mean, I know everyone yeah. has different things they want from work, you know, but. I don't know how you feel at the end of the day, having had a day of those meetings, you know. It's the everything has to tell a story thing. Yes. It can't just, and and in many ways... It can't just tell a story of, oh shit, we forgot, this is the best we could do. Yeah, and it's like when they're actually telling an interesting story, it's like, okay, I can get behind that, but when they are... Yeah, I mean, imagine something like Munster could incorporate some kind of Foley thing into theirs, can't they, and dates. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? You can think, all right, yeah. I can go with that, and like I, I, and I understand how the fans will like that. But yeah. this is just like, made up. Yeah, it's like the Leinster's uh, new European shirt has got sort of writing down the front that looks like pinstripes, but in fact it is some old Leinster Irish dialect. And Fair it is the words, it's the words of all of the it's all get... the words of the counties of Leinster in it. And I just thought it was weird little wavy lines, but it's not. It's a <laughs> It's a, a a nearly extinct Celtic language. So I and I was like, oh, that's cool. cool. If I learn something, Bit I'm a heritage, board. yeah, yeah. And it's um, if... whereas this just looks like it's been put into some kind of random marketing bullshit app, like a Laura Ipsum generator, it like reminds that, me, but for, but it reminds for design. Me, it reminds me of a lot. England have kind of strayed away from. Well, actually, that's not true. They haven't. Last year, they said that the jersey had lines on it that would make it harder for people to attack to tackle them which has been proved <laughs> to be demonstrably bollocks but um was that the year before i can't remember anyway whatever uh, year it was the point is remains the same yes yeah. but it, it does this does feel like it feels like a holdover from the stuart lancaster era where they were all about sort of rather fans all being one family together. Well, it's all about that, isn't it? Yeah. And that is actually nice. It sounds like you can be deliberately cynical about this shit, but there's nothing wrong yeah. with trying to make your family, uh, sorry, the the crowd part of the family of what you're trying to achieve. Surely that's what sport is no. actually all about. And I'm not trying to be deliberately cynical. It's just, you know, why not just say, here's a new kit, we hope you like it. <laughs> you know, we've had to change it a bit from last time. We've got some little flags on it. I hope you like it. I'd rather yeah. they spoke to me like a child like that than try to <laughs> pretend that it was something adult going on. Yeah, like there's some sort of grand concept behind you it. You can actually opposed... get, you can actually buy a classic one. You can, which looks great to me. Yeah, well, that is one of the best things about Canterbury as a brand. To be honest, is that the vast majority of their teams, um, they will do a. A classic version of the shirt, which is a long sleeved cotton thing with a collar. Well, and... It looks exactly like the last decent proper England shirt, which is the last one Nike made. Yes, I know what you mean. That's exactly what it looks like. So it does for me. Sorry, Canterbury, but that's just what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing with test teams. How much? What can you do? Well, you can go the 2007 Canterbury route 
and everyone knows how that ends up. Yeah, well, the 2007 night group, you mean, with the big cross, the uh, the Brexit jersey. No, 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 the one where the country room with all the panels, where everyone had the same, South Africa, and was that 2007, or was that 99? That was 99, 99. I think. When Scotland had it, Australia had it, Ireland had it. South Africa had it with the chess panels. <coughs> oh, no, you yes, you are. The, the Roman-looking thing. Yes, it looks exactly. They all had the same template. No, I was talking about England's 2007 mega Brexit jersey with the... Uh, oh, God, yeah. The, the and, the, weird... and the Swindon Town away kit. And the Swindon Town away kit, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, speaking of away kits, it looks better in black, I think. Sorry, uh, sorry, anthracite. Oh, are they calling it anthracite? Why does everyone <laughs> call black anthracite now? Why can't they just call it black... God love them. Um, An anthracite, of course, is a type of coal. Yes, which, which is, is nothing to do with all the all rugby union people come from coal backgrounds, don't they? So <laughs> absolutely. I mean, what is the defining character- in England? We do in Wales, maybe. <laughs> what and what's the defining characteristic of coal? It's black. Is, <laughs> it's black. Yes. So, I mean, come on. Yes. Yeah, so. They should go to full coal route, actually. They should have a training kit that looks like an NCB donkey jacket with the big, like, orange flash on the back and everything. <laughs> I'd buy that. Flip the class system on its head is what I say. Absolutely. Power to the people. Right then, yeah, so there you go. A lot's about, yeah, New England kit, it's okay. It's just ridiculous, but go on. What yes. Else, what else have we got? Uh, well, do you want to do, have you got any more news before I go on? Okay. On one? <laughs> Saracen's Mark McCall. Yes has come out in the press today saying he wants a solution to the complicated high tackle situation. Oh, God. Uh, right, now, where to begin? One, it's not complicated. No, it's really... I don't it's believe it's complicated actually, at it's all. It's incredibly simple. It's very, very simple. You don't tackle above there, and if you do, you're likely to get carded. Yeah. That's very, very simple. He wants to, He wants to solve the complication of it, by suggesting that we have used more cards of different colours, oh, which will in fact just make it more fucking complicated, won't it? Yeah. The thing is, we all saying... slag refs off, don't we? Mm-hmm. So what we keep doing is saying, here, here's more rules to make decisions with. Then that, <laughs> exactly, that'll sort exactly. it out, won't it? Let's make your job even harder. Like, I'm not so... As far as I'm concerned, the high tackle rule is absolutely fine now. Yeah, if you it... make any contact to the head, you're off the field, or you should be. I'm much more worried about the fucking... Uh, the ruck than I am in terms of mm. dangerousness than I am about high tackles. High tackles next, are absolutely fine. He also players, says... Players and coaches just need to get on board. He, well, the other thing, the last part of the complicated thing is, what he's really saying is, what he's saying is, that he's not saying, I want it less complicated. What he means is, I don't want my players sent off. <laughs> well, stop coaching them to tackle so high then. Well, it is the other thing. He said, I understand, this is a quote from him, I understand all the issues and I don't have any big solutions other than then there is a way of punishing in a different way that doesn't change the behaviour. Hang on, let me start that again. I understand all the issues and I don't have any big solutions other than is there a way of punishing it in a different way that does that does change the behaviour of that particular player but doesn't necessarily result in 15 against 14 every match because I don't think anybody necessarily wants that. Right, let's try and address this, right? <laughs> oh, in my. this under these new rules, there has been all right. It's not been going on that long, but under these new rules, there is one red card every fifty-four games because of a high tackle. Right, which roughly means that Saracens can expect to have a man sent off once every fucking two seasons. <laughs> yeah, 
So, you know, nobody wants that, do they? That's quite clearly a fucking nightmare, a complicated yeah. nightmare that one of your yeah. players might get sent or get a red card. Once every two Once years. Once every which, two seasons. Which is about how often the player used to get sent off for high tackles anyway. Also, because, he, made, he made... Sorry, sorry Ross, you off. Because by and large, referees aren't fucking enforcing the rules properly. They're fucking sending players off with yellow cards when they should be fucking red ones. There is that. But anyway, he, also, he also says, apparently, they're having to work on it in training as well. Oh, well, fuck lamps. me with a chainsaw. Can you imagine? They're having to work on <laughs> on a fundamental part of the game in training because it's quite technical. If you're not working on that, as I think I said with JB last week, you're fucking, you're a shit coach. Exactly, because it's like, you know. These rules are not going to change. But if they brought in a new line-out rule tomorrow and said you can't lift anymore, they go, oh, shit, we'll have to work on that, won't we? You know, it's like, why is it such a fucking no, big deal? Lift- we're just going to keep lifting and hope that the rules change. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. it's absolutely Insane. incredible. Uh, I mean, and I'll be the first, right, to say if you go back, I, we, I was a bit, oh, God, and I've had some arguments on Twitter with people me about too. I'm particularly worried about the kind of heroic defensive in the corner tackle. Because that's a big part of the game. But actually, if it's the cost of a heroic fine. defensive tackle in the corner is that somebody's got fucking brain damage, then I think I'd rather just let them score. In the final analysis, you know? I like I completely agree with you there. And to be honest, the only valid argument that anyone has had about this whole thing is what JB rightly brought up last week, which is that if they're gonna bring these things in, they can't really expect fucking grassroots level coaches to become amateur fucking neuroscientists either and put the Burden yeah, but it's, it's like anything. What they should be doing is issuing a checklist and just say and and follow it. Yeah. Or you, as a club, will be expected for insurance purposes to have a checklist and yeah. say, "I followed that, and that yeah. was my conclusion." And you're probably going to wear on the side of caution, and that'll be that. Yeah. Again, that... people create complexity where there perhaps isn't any. Yeah, fair it enough. might mean you take more of your players out of the game, and that's exactly well, the people... behavior that they want. People fundamentally don't want the game to change, and I I sympathise with that. And I had the same reaction. Don't get me wrong. I don't want it. To, but when I don't you want actually look at the fact, when you look at but, the facts of it, it really isn't changing that much. Well, I mean, we both sat here, you know, about a year ago, maybe it was maybe even two years ago now. Fucking hell, it was about that. Yeah. Well, when they first brought in the zero, yeah, because it was January, wasn't it? Heads. Yeah, they brought it in January, which was stupid, but whatever. Um, and we both sat here and basically fucking said the sky was falling. And that rugby would be irreparably changed, and the game as we know it would be shit. Yeah, blah blah thought, blah. Eh, we don't really <laughs> know what thought, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, who'd have thought that it was fine? It's fine. As you, you know. said uh, back in when we did the rugby history pod, the first episode, which is not on Patreon, the first episode of it, the England one is actually available on the on the feed. If you're not listening to it, if you look back in the history of the feed, mm-hmm. um, these were they were having these discussions in in the 1870s. Yeah. about whether hacking should be allowed and yeah. all this. It's, it's been the same argument for 150 years. It has not years. changed at all <laughs> in terms of its all of its stuff. Yes. And anyway. rugby continues to be rugby. Life finds a way. And, you know, it is it is what it is. However... <laughs> Speaking of something we're not having, go on. It's something we're not having. You may well have seen, it's been big news today, Le Keep has leaked uh, a plan from Gus Pichot, who I previously thought was quite a sensible man, um, to do away with the current autumn and summer touring schedule in a part of, as part of this revamp of the global season that they're trying to do, uh, and instead create what is, in effect, a Nations League format for rugby. Now, 
if you're not a football fan, you may not be aware that international friendlies have been turned into this entirely fucking contrived and nonsensical Nations no, I, League I'd thing. Put you, they... I'd pick you up on that one, but go on, I'll, I'll pick you up when you finish. I actually quite like the Nations League because it means Wales play meaningful games more often. However, and it makes international friendlies in football mean something. Um, but for rugby, it is an impressively and quite staggeringly shit idea. And let me tell you why. Um, I think we can all agree that rugby has issues at the moment. Like the Northern Tours make a lot more money than the Southern Tours in terms of for their home nations. Um, there's a sense that a lot of coaches from Europe treat the June Tour as a bit of a development opportunity um, yeah. as opposed to something serious. And there's also an issue that both of those international slots, as they currently are in November and June, are massively disruptive to their respective domestic seasons, which is a bit weird. Um, and that they don't give developing nations a chance to take on top-level opposition, which is another big thing. You know, the, the Georgias, the Fijis, yeah. the Wolves. However, the Nations League idea that he's got literally doesn't fix a single one of those problems, <laughs> while also massively devaluing the very concept of a test match as something that's worthwhile in rugby union and doesn't need any kind of bell or whistle. Like, let's break it down. Like, the format you suggested is that instead of June and November window, right, there's one big slot, probably in the autumn, where the top 12 teams in the world will be split up into three divisions of four each and will then play a series of matches between themselves um, with the venues alternating every year between Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere. Um everyone competing for the chance of winning fucking nothing, effectively. Um, so based on the current situation, you would then have the top division would be New Zealand, Ireland, Wales and England uh, playing a series of round-robin matches, say, in the Southern Hemisphere. Well, that's a compelling prospect, isn't it? Who isn't going to tune in to watch Wales versus Ireland play a meaningless game at 7 o'clock UT time from fucking Dunedin? That's appointment viewing, isn't it? Like... But this again, it's the one It'll of the great pay per view. That that's fucking well, that's seriously. Sort of yeah. One of the great things about rugby is the test matches don't need a fucking stupid bauble or a spurious fucking tournament. Like that's why we roll our fucking eyes when some ridiculous contrived fucking rivalry trophy is created between fucking Italy and South Africa or something, because we don't need it. Because rugby, a test yeah. match is there's no such thing as a fucking friendly. In and rugby. That, that's exactly the part I was going to make when you talk about the Nations League in football culturally. Yeah. Friendlies in football were completely broken. Yes. They were a waste of everybody's time, and the yes. people paying money to watch them were frankly being cheated. Yes, whereas test matches in rugby mean something. And the first Richard... round of Nations League in football has demonstrated that's significantly changed the type of game mm-hmm. that people get to watch. Wales Massive versus Ireland, England versus Spain was a completely different game to it would have been if it had been a friendly. Absolutely. We still lost, but that would have still happened. But basically, rugby doesn't need um, that. Rugby. This is one of the things that people who are big football fans often slag the traditional, more traditional games like rugby and cricket off, that the more traditionally middle class games mm. off about, is that it's all friendlies. Yeah. Well, I remember when England won the Ashes in 2005 and we were all, and I was a big cricket, into cricket then and writing about it, and we all completely lost it. I remember football fans saying to me, oh, let me get this right, you've won some friendly series of matches and you're behaving like it's the World Cup. It's like, yeah, because you don't get it. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's exactly your point that test matches in rugby, fucking mean something. Technically, are friendlies. Yeah, there's nothing on the line. You know, it's just a kind of it's a history, it's a kind of bragging rights, and it's just a kind of culturally brilliant thing for rugby. Yeah, 
And, and so it doesn't need. It's they're not no, it's broken. You don't need to solve a problem. Exactly, it's not broken. It doesn't need fixing. What does need fixing is giving lower. And one of the biggest issues in Test rugby of late has been giving lower ranked Test teams more meaningful game time. You know, yeah. but as the rankings stand, right? He wants the top twelve teams in the world. Here are the teams who would not currently be invited into this Nations League party, right? Georgia, Samoa. USA, Canada, and somehow, Jesus Christ, they've had a bad year, Italy. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, even that, like, even if so you're they, alone... they get to play the games they're already playing in these, like, well, second division... Play, they don't get to play any games. Well, if they do, they're, they're, playing, even, they're playing in they're some second in... division Europe thing, aren't they? They're not even invited to the league. And even the lower-ranked oh, teams. At the moment, Argentina, Fiji, Japan, Japan and Tonga would be the bottom division of this, right? So... All four of those teams would be robbed of having the chance to have a crack at an England or a Wales or an Ireland. So they'd be stuck in this fucking artificial basement division. Like, does the Rugby Canada need fixing? Yes. Does the distribution of wealth in rugby need to be more even? Yes. The smaller nations need more opportunities. Like you said, this doesn't it... solve any of these problems. No. It's, like a, it's like a solution perfectly designed not to solve any yeah. of those problems. Yeah, and, and, it's, and the thing that absolutely fucking boils my fucking brain about this is that it destroys the main thing that people actually care about these northern and southern tours which is north south clashes yes that's what we want yeah and nobody wants to, the six nations takes care of our yeah. local and the rugby, rivalry and the rugby if you want to put it like that and the rugby championship kicks care of the other one yeah do you and think then there's a... like, i messaged my mates about going to one of the wales games in november um or he messaged me i should say and he was like you up for any of them and my response was, any of them but the Scotland game. And his response was, of course not. No, I, why on earth would anyone want to go to the Scotland game? Hmm. Because it's a complete fucking fallacy. Nobody wants to fucking watch a repeat of a game that's got loads of fucking history and meaning in an actual existing tournament, but in a weird artificial... That does make it a friendly. Yes. That's how we... Like when we're playing fucking Ireland or England in World Cup warm-up matches, that doesn't count. No, it doesn't, or... and everyone accepts it doesn't. And really, no. the, the wins in those games aren't even recognised by fans as being something you actually brag no. about or take the piss abs- about. You are just like, yeah, abs- we were just getting that out of the way so we could get some fucking game in our legs. Yeah, so that we can go and play the games that matter against <laughs> yes. South Africa or Australia or New Zealand or whoever. Like, and the fact that the June tours have become proper tours again makes it even, you know. Is better well, yeah. as well, you know. What I mean? So it's, it's almost it, the calendar, the, the the plan at the minute is the perfect mix between tradition and <laughs> something new. Because yeah. you've got the Six Nations, you've got the June tours, and you've got Rugby Championship, which is new, still relatively new. And then you've yeah. got the the Autumn tour, which is some one off games that actually do people they sell out, they mean something. Yeah, and that's the I, I guess the the whole reason for this is that the Southern tours do not sell well at all. People yeah. do not go and watch. They don't watch rugby championship either, do they? It was a sixteen thousand no, at the Argentina game last week. It's, international rugby is dying on its ass in the southern hemisphere, and it's absolutely thriving in the northern hemisphere. And they want to artificially arrest that by affecting. They think that they're forcing us to go down there on mass every other year is somehow going to arrest that. And it, it fucking ain't. If they want a better plan, they should change the southern tours so that they are more like the northern ones. So each team plays like three of the four rugby championship teams and a one smaller nation, like a Fiji or a Japan or something. 
And then all of a sudden... It's the mileage involved, though, isn't it? You go to <clears> Europe, <throat> you can play everybody within two hours. You know, you can yeah. travel within two hours of each other, Absolutely. can't you? But, like, you know, going Australia and New Zealand yeah. isn't a big... And South Africa's on the way. What happens so to the that's... Lions in all of this, by the way? Well, fucking hell, yeah. The Lions is massively under threat anyway. This doesn't seem to leave a lot of fucking room for it, does it? No. But it's... Yeah, do that. Make these one-off games actually like. Then you've got people who might turn. If there's one game between Ireland and New Zealand, say, or one game with England and Australia, you bet your fucking ass you'd sell that out, because it's a win or go home thing. You know, it's it's not a test series where there's a chance for, hmm. you know, one team to get the. You know, it's a it's a one game winner takes all thing, which is why people go to watch. Wales versus New Zealand or England versus Australia or whatever up north because it's a proper you've got bragging rights for the next year sort of thing. Uh, yeah, right. I don't know. So it's, we think it's a terrible it's idea. Fucking shit idea. What do you reckon? Try, must try harder. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. The world of work has changed dramatically and organisations are evolving. A full or part-time MBA from UCD Smurfett School equips managers to react at pace and deliver change. Now is the time to transform your career and gain a new business network. Join our virtual MBA Experience Day on Saturday, November 20th. Register at smurfettschool.ie forward slash events. UCD Michael Smurfett Graduate Business School. Developing impactful business leaders. Uh, the type five from the weekend. Yes. yes. You go first then. Uh, okay, my my first um, type five uh, is effectively this. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. <laughs> that, you're talking about Saracens, aren't you? Yes, the Death Star <laughs> is fully operational. Uh, they're not fucking about this season, are they? Like No, on the quiet, though. Yeah. They're not doing anything kind of razzle. Well, they never did, I suppose, but there was no. something very quietly, obviously impressive about them previously, whereas now they're just just efficiently battering everybody. They're making it look so fucking routine. Like, people have been talking about Gloucester a lot for the first three weeks of this season. Oh, they're ready to make a big impact. You know, oh, they've got the pack, they've got Cipriani, they've got, you know, they can upset the apple cart, they can get crash the top four this year. They can get fucking battered by Saracens is what they can absolutely get. Absolutely demolished. <laughs> like, just an absolute 80-minute lesson in how far they've got to go in terms of depth, in terms of quality, in terms of physicality, just every single aspect of the game. Just Saracens just punched them in the face over and over and over again until... It was just, it wasn't like, they let them score a couple of tries at the end, just kind of, almost to make them feel better, I think. I think it it could have been 50. Yeah, 38-15 it finished, didn't it? Yes. But it, and it, 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 it looked worse than that. It could easily have finished 50-3, <laughs> quite comfortably. And 
it's like imagine being able to field Saracens squad. You know, they've got forty six. I checked this earlier. They've got forty six players in their senior squad this season, right? How are they paying for that? <coughs> well, the, how are they paying for that? Well, exactly. But only sixteen of those forty six aren't full internationals. And two of those uncapped players are Jackson Ray and Michael Rhodes, who are two of their best players. Um, how hasn't fucking Jackson Ray got a cap, by the way? Yeah, it's a Don Armour problem, I think. Massive. I actually, I, I, he's a good player. I'm not. The trouble is, I don't think he is quite consistent international class. But having said that, we haven't got anybody not. else who is either. So why he's he hasn't had a look go. in, I don't know. Like, imagine the sort of situation, though, where they can leave out a man who's the joint top try scorer in the Premiership this season, Alex Leventon, who scored five tries in like three games, one of which he didn't even play in. Um, out of the match day 23 altogether, have a back three that is two Lions and an England international who's got 100 top flight tries under his belt and they've still got Alex Good on the bench. It's fucking obscene. Yeah, Lazowski on the bench who's you know knocking on yeah. England's door at 13. Yeah. It's Ben Spencer, who was England's second choice half basically not long ago. I mean, as you say, I have no idea how they're affording this. <laughs> well, yeah, like, unbelievable. It, it, it defies private equity. Is what it, I say. Well, yeah, it's all it part defies... of Grand Cayman somewhere. Unless they've got, I mean, because they can have three players outside of the cap, right? But even then. Even if those three players are Owen Farrell, Billy Vunipola and Mako Vunipola. Or Liam Williams. Or Liam. Yeah. You've still got all of the others that you've somehow you're somehow paying for. I'm pretty sure Shot Burger isn't there for fucking peanuts. Yes, indeed. And he's on the bench. They've got a few of them. I suppose you might have a few of them who are on older contracts. Yes. So the Isaac ways of this world and the Lazowskis and the Ben Spencers might still be on. You know, they they've been told they you can't renegotiate for a little while. They absolutely are. Yeah, they're on. They're on probably long term. But and you would imagine that in a couple of years, uh, things are going to have to make some decisions about who. You would. Yeah, and McCall's already started moaning about this and saying, "Oh, we shouldn't be penalised for producing all these England players, and now we have to pay for them." It's like tough shit, mate. Stop spending. And I have to work on tackling and training. My yeah. life is fucking terrible. Stop spending 300 grand a year on Liam Wesley Williams if you're that bothered. You what know? a terrible <laughs> life you have, Mark McCall. My wallet's too small for my 50s and my diamond shoes are too tight. Yeah. Um, what Indeed. else have we got on a tight five point of view? Yes. Surely it is time for Leicester to find themselves a new coach. It's been, I mean, it's, it's been two, it's been two, two, it's two, it's been two weeks. Yeah, there's been one. Um, there's been a terrible result, and it looks like they're obviously not buying into Jordan Murphy's uh, entire. Yeah, it's time to absolutely tear up the rule. Start again. Time to start uh, again. Uh, replace him with a. It's time for Kingsley Jones, in my opinion. That's what he could do by Sky. Didn't have to move. Exactly. Just, they can have one of those like. He's done. He's done such a great job with Canada. That was like yeah. one of those mini robots with an iPad screen yeah. on it. So he's just like being <laughs> remote controlled around the ground. Yeah. You know those, sort of th- those things that they have in some fancy hospitals yeah. where it's like a weird sort of robot with yeah, a yeah, smiley yeah. face and you just, it's like that, but it's, he just puts up like set piece diagrams of like set piece moves. Yeah. I, I mean, he's done such a great job with Canada that Jeff Hassler decided to go sailing around the world rather than <laughs> play in the World Cup <laughs> next year. So, you know. Well-liked high achiever. Oh, yes. But yeah, it's oh. it's not looking, I mean, Leicester's forward. If you, well, 
Saracens forwards have been probably the key to every. Like they are in rugby generally, but yes. Saracens in particular have been key to everything. Leicester's pack look oh, like a disgrace. Look like fucking marshmallows. It's like, can you imagine? Like any like 158 points in four games they've conceded. 158 <sighs> points in four games. Somewhere, Jono is sat in a pub with a perfectly formed tear rolling down his cheek, isn't he? No, just Leicester. We're talking like this. In, that sort of shitness is inexcusable for any team, obviously. But like the Tigers would have sacked their entire squad for this level of defensive ineptitude in the past. Like they would have sacked them, they shot them. Yeah, they, they would have all been disappeared like, imagine, into Rutland water. Imagine what Richard Cockerell would have done to these people after this four-game stretch. Like they wouldn't have been able to. Bro- like everyone's talking about Steve Dimes and his fucking old-school training, the prick. Um, <laughs> can you imagine what Cockerell would have done to them after this? I mean, Jesus! Like the funny thing is, well, not the funny thing, but the interesting thing is, this is exactly what got Aaron Major sacked. It is. <laughs> As soon as they start playing an open game and attacking, they instantly become a defensive shambles. And somehow, in 18 but, months, but this has not been fixed. Changing your game in such a way, again, everybody to buy in together, that is going to take it's hard. time. Yes. And maybe do it in stages. Don't maybe go, shackles are off, lads, go mad, don't worry about defending. You know, and obviously rugby's too PC now. That was we missed that. I missed that last week because I was away. <laughs> rugby's too PC. Jordan said, "Wasn't it?" He doesn't understand what that means, does he? No, he doesn't. That was my main. It's like rugby's too. Do you know what political? Do you know what political? Back in my day, you could high tackle black people, and it was absolutely fine. And now it's all just political correctness gone mad. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> um, yeah. So who knows with Leicester? We shall see. They, they, they'll be on a their patented global search won't they you would imagine so but um they're the thing that one makes me is i know they've changed their head coach they haven't they, they don't seem to, they change the backroom staff as well because presumably they don't i don't believe so because jordan was so, in it, wasn't he unless they yeah. a lot of backroom a lot of head coaches take bathroom staff with them don't they but yeah because if that's so then mark bakewell is currently the uh forwards coach previously of Bristol, other places. Well, I mean, we've, we've done this before. The, the forwards, we've had this discussion many times. The forwards have not been great for a little while. Yeah, it's like... He's Maybe that's why I'm trying to throw like, it around now, because what else are you supposed to do? Four, like, four coaches have lost their job, and he's just still effectively... He's the Rob Andrew of Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, to be fair, he only joined in February 2018. So. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So I it's mean, not him then. Sorry, Mark. Fair. Not fair enough. I mean, you are also responsible for the current shambles, but you're not responsible for everything. Sorry. What else have you got from the Type 5 this weekend that you... Well, uh, I have learned that uh, Harlequins have inherited the curse of the ugly away kit. Yes. We discussed this the other week, didn't we? Or is it a different one? It's. Uh, I mean, it is the ugly away kit, but it also means that they are terrible when, uh, as with oh, sale. Oh, I see. As and yes. as with Northampton last year, every Indeed. time they put it on, it's like crypto. It all goes to shit. I mean, to be honest, with you, I don't know if it's just me, but like a lot of teams, it's just a lot of teams in like the Pro 14 in the Premiership this year seem to have adopted that sort of esprit de clocher or whatever the fuck they call it in France, where they don't bother to perform away from Spirit home. to the bells. Yes. Because, like, you look at it over the last couple of weeks, Ospreys, Scarlets, Munster, Cheetahs have all looked 
very strong at home and then absolute dog shit away. Um, I think it's only been three wins in the Pro 14 so far this season. And then, you know, you look at like Quinns, Gloucester. It's it's not a great Bristol as well, to be honest. It's and not Sam, a great... I mean, Bristol, great... you'd expect that, to be honest. If they can just win all their home yeah. games. They're fucking... But Quinns and, they, and Gloucester should be winning. You know, And be... Sale never win away and now they're losing at home. Yeah, well, but I get it. Like, teams have to rotate and they have to keep their players fresh. And you'd rather lose an away game than a home game. But, like, and if that's the way that they can manage player workload, then fair enough. But, like, when teams are sending effectively full-strength squads away from home and shit in the bed, as Munster did this weekend, for example, or Glasgow did for this weekend, or the Scarlets did it this weekend, or Quinns or Gloucester, you know, it's a bit boring, isn't it? Like, I don't really want... 50% 50% of games in the league to effectively be foregone conclusions. Like, a win like Worcester pissing all over the Welford Road pitch is great, obviously, but, like, I'd rather that happen more than happen less, you know? It's fun. Sales and interest, Diamond's come out, hasn't he? And somebody's written a bit of a hatchet job on him. But leaving... I must be honest, an entirely fair hatchet job. Yeah, apart I from thought. that point about all the... Backroom staff looking like bouncers. That was a bit of a fucking weak line. But, uh, I but uh, think that was so why, why have you even written that? Well, like people yeah. with muscles can't think. What the fuck's wrong with you? But it's kind of a. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you think about but, Sale for the past five years or so, have they? If it was any other coach, would they still have their job? It's that thing, isn't it? You know, you talk about incremental improvement. It's not, and there's been a lot of money spent. I know we, I know we are phones of clubs. So he's never going to get sacked anyway. Or some. Well, that's the thing, but, though. And that's he he's basically turned sale into the rugby equivalent of a banana republic. You know, it's like they are He's the king he, in the north. That's right. He is, you know, he's he is this, you know, fucking lunatic sort of maverick like <coughs> like guy who's an absolute power at his own club and has absolutely no consequences for it. And is overseeing the frittering of vast amounts of money on the wrong things, and there's absolutely no consequences well, they finished for it. Eighth the players last are getting year, blamed for They finished it. eighth last year, which is bottom half, basically, isn't it? And it wasn't that, it's not been that great for a few years now because of this away record and stuff. And if he can't solve it, then it's like, what? I don't know how the club works if anybody can't say, well, actually, look, come on. And the club you has done... obviously don't seem to, and I mean, you know, there's a lot to be said for Steve Diamond. I'm not having a map, but. I don't know anybody, any other coach. You look at every other club, they've probably lost their coach, haven't they? Northampton, Quinns. Certainly, if they'd been spending the sort of like Sale make at least one, if not two, like headline grabbing signings every season. Yeah. Including grabbing headlines in the court. (laughs) Well, yeah. But like, they've, and they've bought, you know, look at the players that they've brought in over the last few years. Uh, Fafta Clerk, Danny Cipriani, Denny Solomona, Chris Ashton, Marlon Yard, um, Marlon Yard, Josh Charnley. You know, that's pretty much any other team in the league, including Saracens and Exeter, would have been happy with that as a recruitment of a backline. Hmm. You know, I mean, you could argue that he spent way too much money on a lot of fucking wingers that he doesn't need, but whatever. Yeah. But he obviously had a plan because he had the Curry twins coming through, didn't he? Yeah. And all that kind of stuff in the forwards. So it's not, you know, there was he probably had a bit of a kind of mix and match approach. That makes sense, but it's obviously the not money that off. he has, money that he has spunked up the wall over the last couple of years 
there needs to be a bit more fucking return for it, surely. Yeah. Uh, while anyway. we're on, while we're on the Premiership, you know, I didn't know. You know, Gallagher, the, pre- the sponsor. Yes, I, I didn't yes. know. I don't know who they are. No, me either. But they're, they're a management consultancy firm, of course. Oh, they brilliant. Are. You know, rugby league sponsored by a betting firm. Yeah, rugby league sponsored by a management consultancy firm. That says entirely, all you need to know. Entirely right appropriate. Um, yes. But I went to the Cubs last Saturday in Chicago. Oh yes. And they have a Gallagher Way entrance and like family area, so okay. they're obviously across America as well. Because I always think I was looking at the map, going, I can't see where Gallagher Way is. I don't know where the entrance is, but no, it's because it's not <laughs> what the street's called. It's it's where the the entrance is. Baseball. Really, American sports really do have this shit locked down because they obviously just top slice everything into one organization that does tickets and marketing. You know, the MLB has its own app. It's not done by the clubs. All the tickets are done that way. It's all just, and I got an email within two minutes of leaving the ground. You know, how'd you find today? Can we have some of your feedback and all that? Here's something free. They gave me free access to their app, their, you know, pro app thing for the rest of the season. All collective, that kind of collective fucking bargaining and collective fucking all of that stuff is something that our silly little sport desperately needs to get a fucking handle on because like when you think about it right it's 2018 and the best game of the season possibly the best premiership game ever to believe some who were there was entirely impossible for anyone outside of Welford Road to watch live because... Hey, you got BT... told off by Nick Mullins for this, I saw. I did. Well, I, <laughs> I got told off. You weren't off. told he, off. He, just... he, he, he said, well, we've covered 14 of 24 games this season. And I was like, I didn't I didn't want to get into it, but I was like, yeah, that's just over half. Well the point done. point I'm making... Is exactly that. <laughs> I think, <laughs> that didn't you, you bear... use a word like Spartan or something? So he's picking you up uh, on that, I think. Yes. So well, pretty... I'd, say, I'd say barely showing half of the games that you paid for is pretty fucking sparse. Well, to be thing, you know, is, is, the, is for a tenner a month, is Premier Sports showing the way that for a tenner a month you expect to be able to watch everything if you want to? Yeah. Or choose which and, one you want to watch? Yeah, and have the, the choice. You know, the fact that BT have already paid for this shit, but there is no way to watch it live, either via a red button or on the app or online or whatever, in 2018 is insane. And when you look at Major League Baseball, where they have. Each team plays 162 fucking games a season, and as What's long that as all you. About, by the way? Who the fuck Matt. decided that? Matt. Just play every day for like yeah. eight months. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> but if you spend a hundred quid a year on the MLB TV app, then you can watch every single one of those games live or on demand, and it doesn't matter where the fuck you are. You can go. I'm going to watch the. Fucking Brewers San versus the I'm gonna watch something. The, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna watch the Giants versus the fucking Brewers, and I'm gonna watch the Brewers TV feed, even though they're away, and I'm gonna watch it in my house in Bristol because they actually, because MLB Advanced Media is one of the most fucking incredibly inventive and creative fucking technological. Well, I've got their at bat app. Oh, at bat is phenomenal for free, effectively, because I went to the game and it's it only about three is a insane. month. It's like two dollars a month. And it's like ultra live stats, amazing. You got like every time there's a home run hit within thirty seconds, a clip of it's on the app. Uh, so have a look at because I obviously I'm a Cubs fan now. Obviously, and I'm obsessed about them getting to the postseason now. But um, of course you are. Tell you what, you'll though, look, I didn't really. Wrigley feels Joe Madden, who's probably the most fun manager in all the sports. But the but, um, uh, you know when when you watch baseball on the Simpsons and and the the announcer has that comedy voice. 
Yes. That's actually how they speak. That's actually how they speak, yeah. Coming it's... out of bat number two, Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> sort of thing. It is all that kind of stuff. And um, there's all that going on. And then, and everything is sponsored. It was an Appreciate the Troops yes. Day on Saturday. And oh. they had an Appreciate the Troops applause at the end of the fourth yeah. inning. Sponsored oh. by Boeing. You know, is that kind of thing. It's oh. just... You know, I can see what you're doing, lads. But anyway, sorry, enough baseball. I loved it, though. But, but it's it's silly that rugby doesn't get its shit together and go, you know what? We're a niche sport. People and will more than football, a family sport. And yes. that's one thing you notice about going to a baseball game. The gender mix is incredible of yeah. all ages. So yeah. there's like couples go to it, family yeah. groups go to it, gangs of women go to it and as well. I mean, and Wrigley feels particularly good because you're right in the middle of the city and everything. But it's cheap. It's um, it goes on for ages. It's a whole afternoon. You can fill your day with it. Yeah, yeah. you can just drink and eat food and watch. And it's a sport that, like cricket, things happen. Like exciting things happen very occasionally. And the rest of the time, you you can can go to the toilet and mill around a bit and have a chat. You're not going to miss anything. It's great. Anyway, this isn't. Baseball. Last point on this. The guy, I had a guy next to me who said, "Oh, I'm sorry because the, the Cubs won one nil. It was very much yeah. a pitchers game." And the and the the guy sitting next to me says, "I'm sorry, you've had such a boring game for your first baseball game." I said, "I watched Test cricket, mate. Nothing. <laughs> this is just one session of Test cricket. Nothing happening for three hours is absolutely fine." Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Yes. What, anyway, have I got? what else have I got in the tight? Yeah, fucking grip yourself and start embracing 2018 because yeah. it's it's fine. Do it. Anyway, my final thing. Um, the Scarlets, right, mm. should sign John Hardy immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Scarlets, last two, seasons, last two seasons, right? Excellent. In no small part because of their ability to win loads of fucking turnovers and turn those into counter-attacking scoring chances. They did it all the time and they were great at it. Now, no more John Barkley. No more Tugburn. And now, no James Davis for what seems like might be some time. Mm. Um, and they showed on Saturday, to be honest, they're fucking struggling without them because they can't win any ball on deck and they can't get And you're tri- probably going to get him cheap, aren't you? Well, this relatively brings speaking. John, this brings me to John Hardy. Like, okay, he got himself in some off field trouble last season. That Still, nothing came out about what that actually was. Um, but he got suspended for some sort of off-field shenanigans. We filed that. We filed that under nothing to see here, boys. Will be boys. <laughs> yes. Um, and then that, in turn, apparently seemed to lead to the SIU in Edinburgh having very little interest in retaining his services um, when his contract was up at the end of last season. He's been training with Claremont, which I didn't know, um, while he recovers from a he had hernia, hernia surgery last season, um, and they basically said, oh, "Come on, trial." If you're match fit, we'll sign you, sort of thing. Um, but in the intervening time, they've got this Alexandra Fisher kid who's homegrown and cheap and is very good. So they've gone, yeah, we don't want you anymore. It's fine. Um, so what we've got is an international open side who needs an opportunity to prove that he's back to full fitness to try and land a good deal somewhere. Uh, and a top flight team in desperate need of short term cover for an absolutely vital position to the way they play. Like, why have I had to come up with this, Wayne? <laughs> Why aren't you on the phone? Have you tweeted right. him? Have we tried to DM him? I don't know. Like, just like sign him to a three-month deal or whatever. No, if you tried to tw- DM Wayne Piver, probably, I probably should have to tell him. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, what have either side got to lose? Like, Scarlets love signing Scottish players as well, even though he's New Zealander, really. Um, but that should make Wayne Pivac more interested in signing him, surely. He's both Scottish and a New they Zealander. They love signing New Zealanders as well, don't they? Exactly. They love that shit. Like, I mean, unless he's going to fail a med- medical, in which case don't bother, obviously. But, like, if he's fit enough to train and play, fucking sign him immediately. He's not going to be, like you say, he's not going to be that expensive. Last point for me is while we're on the Pro 14, um, Pro 14 stats people are going to need to buy themselves a new abacus if this carries on. Because <laughs> this weekend, 343 points were scored in the yes. Pro 14. That's an average of 49 points per game. <clears throat> Who says you need to defend, eh? Hey, and Ospreys managed to stop the mighty Benetton runaway Panatoni truck. We absolutely See, did. I did that. I mean, thanks an Italian in, reference. Thanks, thanks in no small part to all of Benetton's forwards just insisting on running incredibly upright towards Bradley Davis and Alan Wynne Jones and them just going, no, and wrapping them up and literally turning them out. I, I must have been about a dozen times in the game. It was very silly. But there's quite a lot of points everywhere, wasn't this weekend, Jim? It's pretty, absolutely pretty... fry-fest. You know and... why? The sun's still out, isn't it? Give it a month, it'll be fucking yes. miserable. Wait until, wait until we get some horrible heart muggy muddy ground underneath the foot and then I've just it'll be nine three again. Just had a tweet with me saying shit is shit for this week is is Chaz from Chaz and Dave dying. Yeah it oh. is. Not rugby related, yeah. but yeah. yeah, completely with you. <laughs> right then if we, we move... if we still if we still played out with a song, there would only be one choice this week, wouldn't there? there but, would, uh, wouldn't uh, yeah, we're yeah. Well, rabbit after yeah the way we go on. Hey well, yeah. Hey. So yeah um, speaking of going on Yes. Shall we move on to and an epic, unexpected twist in the it's, plot. Look, every I, time we think, I don't, I don't think any of us saw it coming, did no, we? Every time we think the story's all over with, <laughs> with the Challenge Cup. Yeah, some we were sitting here saying, you know, the Kings are going to hold onto the Challenge Cup literally forever until the asteroid comes. Yes, until the, the seas rise and boil and we all die. But no, it makes no sense, literally zero, but somehow Glasgow Warriors followed up what was, to be honest with you, a fairly dominant away win over the Cheetahs last week by, to be honest with you, getting absolutely battered by a team. <laughs> 31-0 honest... down at one point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we thought that they would literally hold on to the cup forever and they've had it for just over a week. <laughs> <laughs> and I've handed it over to a team that might well win the Pro 14 this year. I do like, though, that these things we create at some point always end up with teams that really should never have them. Absolutely, and it feels sick and wrong. Yeah, So, like, like, and I think glad this is the first time Glasgow have had it, isn't it? It does, oh, yeah. So whatever but version I, I, of the trophy yeah, we have. They, they're one of the few teams that had never held either the CPC or the That felt wrong. Every team in the Pro 14, even Leinster, have had it. Of course, yeah, Leinster had it, didn't they? That was definitely wrong. That was sick and wrong. But once again, Leinster had it because they lost to the Scarlets in the semi-final of the Pro 14. <laughs> Just stupid. Or they lost to Ulster the week before and then they lost yeah, yeah, to the semi-final. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, nobody should win the, the CPC. So for... it's, a, it's officially yeah. a yes. Warriors shit watch. Yeah, once again, proof that you can never predict what the cup will do. Bit of tag out there, just to play. Love it. Of course. Um... 
it will go where it pleases, uh, and where it pleases is apparently back to the dragons because that's who Glasgow oh, have no, next yeah. week. Everyone was like, "Yes," and then they looked at the fixtures and were like, "Oh no!" Oh, for sake. However, I think somebody did tweet. I can't remember who it was. It said he's worried that it's, it's it, the cup is gaining its own intelligence and finding its way back to its rightful master. Yes, uh, on the twenty fourth of. September 2018, the Challenge Cup became self-aware. Yes, and it's going back to Dragons, whatever happens. Yes. So there we are. So there uh, we are. Yeah. So look out Enjoy for Dragons. That, you that never know, fans. though. We've said this before. You never... Well, you do know, don't you? It's going back to Dragons next week. If the Dragons win at Scottstoon, I think I might just... I, I won't know what to do with myself. Well, we, we need to be worried about what's coming, don't we? Brexit might even work. If that happens. <laughs> I mean, in many ways, this would be the, the rugby equivalent of Brexit. Just unpredictable yeah. and insane. I've put loads of weight on and I'm refusing to worry about it because I don't, I'm going to lose it all when I'm chasing my own food next April. That's my that's my philosophy to it as well, yeah. It's like uh, when, I have to, when I have to basically rely on my own body fat to survive <laughs> the warm, the cold winter ahead, I'll be fucking laughing. Right then, uh, last point of the Challenge Cup goes to the poor pen. Oh, Long time rest of the pen. He's a big Glasgow Warriors fan and writes about it as well. And he said, we're going into shit good now. So he says, shit is the Glasgow Warriors is all against the Southern Kings. Yes. Yeah. Shit is not being eaten by a shark. So therefore I had to watch the game when I got home. <laughs> he said, shit is Cipriani being left out of the England squad. I'm not doing that. I can't be bothered. Uh, good was the Southern Kings. Fair play to him. And yeah. shit is, did I mention Glasgow? <laughs> so yes. <laughs> I mean, fair play to you going all the way there for that. God, God love you. It's, I mean, it's, it's, commitment is a good thing. I mean, at least you got a nice time in South Africa, yeah? That can't be bad, can it? Can't Go be bad. The sunshine yeah. and all that. Yeah. Shit good. Should we, yeah, should we continue with the shits then? Yes. Um, shit is the tragically inevitable now end of bath season. Um, because we, of course, we all know that no brew, no clue is a definitive thing. Mm. And uh, Adebrew tragically broke his wrist in the opening stages of Saturday's game against Northampton, which, I mean, that's Bath in the relegation driving seat now, surely. He's playing outside centre as well, because exactly. they knew how much shit they were in. They had to bring yeah. in the fucking big gun. Yeah. One position um, in to sort to fucking get it yeah. sorted. Yeah, eventually he'd be pl- he would have been playing nine. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> he'd have been calling lineouts, playing nine, everything, <laughs> to try and get it sorted. I mean, I don't care that Joe Cockenasiga looks like an absolute world beater. No Bruno clue is. He doesn't know, does he? Why do people keep he, saying that? He doesn't. I mean, he looks big and quick, and he I can know, score but... good tries. But that's you know, it's he's no other Bruno. I is hope he? that he does get that well, but everyone just be quiet for now, please. <laughs> no, I want to overhype him while he can, so that well, you he would, will wouldn't inevit- you? Yeah, will inevitably fail in a Leslie Vinicolo kind of way. How old is he now? Twenty. Something like that. I always did a look what George North was like at 20. Look what he's like at 20. Tell you what, then everybody fucking shut up. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how many test tries had George North scored? It wasn't even about the tries, it's the way he played the game and everything, George North. He had more. I mean, all right, his defensive position, but the way he could bring people into the game and everything was just, just forget it. Do you know what I mean? And the tries, of course. Yeah. No, no, I hope it goes that way because a physical specimen like that is worth fucking investing in. But Absolutely. everybody calm down. Yes, completely agree. Right then, we had a, I added an Allied Brew song to do, but um, 
I think I bottled it. So, <laughs> see now, I I had a little bit of a you know insight into this song, and uh, in that I you wrote the say, words for it. Yes, in that I wrote the words for it, and I can only say, readers, that you have been absolutely robbed here, and you should all complain immediately. Oh, right. To... Okay, then I'll, I'll have to fucking do it now, won't I? <laughs> Don't blame me if it all goes wrong. Okay. Because I'm doing this live, Sean Holly yes, style. I'll have it's to sit live. back from the it's... microphone. I'll in, have to the, find the words the, as well. In the classical tradition of the man, the legend, the light entertainment savant that is Sean Holly, Lee is going to perform this live. Yes. As he does all his songs, obviously. 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 Not some fucking amateur, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? So we give you words by Josh Gardner, words by no words by Josh Gardner, tune by the Young Brothers from ACDC, <laughs> vocals by Sean Calvert. This is Brew Shook Me All Night Long, acoustic country style version. <laughs> First mistake. <laughs> he was a try machine, well then you poured on me. He was the best damn winger that I've ever seen. He went down to France and wear fancy Basque pants, knocking out fools with his imposing stands. But the dragons are unfair, even a bench slot was where Todd asked me to come, but he was already there because the wrecks start shaking, opponents quaking, the line is breaking. And Bath were winning and Brew Shook me all night long Oh Brew Shook me all night long Oh yeah Brew Shook me all night long Yeah Brew Shook me all night long A, a single round of applause always sounds shit regardless, doesn't it? There's no getting away from it. I've been in plenty of gigs that. in pubs when that happened, don't you worry. <laughs> You're not throwing anything. You're doing all right. Um, I thought that was excellent, personally. There you go. Bruce me all night long. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't go for the full, you know, Bon Scott register. Yeah, not a chance. But, uh... <laughs> not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah! Oh, yeah. No. I, I literally couldn't even pretend to do it. <laughs> I actually used to have something of a soft falsetto. It's gone now. Anyway, yes, where were we before we all that went? Right, more if, shit. If Ali like Bruce injured. Move. That song, yeah, Ali Bruce injured. Go on. That, yes. Uh, other shits. Kobus, Kobus Reinach. Um, look, mate, when you lose a game by two points, uh, handing the opposition 14 of them directly as a result of just really sloppy, lax intercepts. I mean, you've, <laughs> you've just bought your own ticket to the shit section. Yeah, it's like these people don't know this, isn't it? Yeah, stop doing silly things is what I guess I'm saying. Uh, and also shit from me, uh, rugby in the rain. It's fucking hard to watch, isn't it? Like, for all the talk of tries and sexy rugby, fuck me, Bath versus Northampton and Bristol versus Quinns were hard to enjoy while you just watch 30 people failing to execute basic skills in bad conditions. To be honest, that's just coins every week, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. Especially as I've cursed them. Paul Williams, friend of the pod, uh, I think while watching these games, probably with his head in his hands, um, 
<laughs> did sort of ask and the sheer disgusting aesthetic that was on display. Poor well, Wadiatula did pose the question like, do players and coaches like train in for the rain? Oh yeah, so did he bring rain machines? In? Do you mean hose pipes, Paul? Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, I think that was kind of yeah, but it's like it's a good point. I like, mean, it rains enough in Britain to do rain training, doesn't it? You think so, but even at this time of year, why are they not like if they and see Ireland. the they see if the weather forecast is going to be shit on the weekend? Why are they not like basically overwatering the training pitches and then dunking, getting some fucking or making them training. train in the shower block? Well, just getting some poor lackey to just dunk the ball in fucking water in a bucket of water in between every soaking everybody's kit. Yeah. So yeah. Make them get used to handling with soaking wet hands on a soaking wet ball. It does seem, if they don't do it, they fucking should, surely. What else have we got The shit? Luke got in touch on Twitter. Hello, Luke. And he <laughs> said shit was uh, Newcastle Falcons set pieces. Yeah. And he said that good are the memories of last season. Oh, don't give up already, Luke. Come on. I've got a bad feeling about Newcastle this season. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that all these results keep going a bit mad. Yeah, there's no there, there is at the minute there is no outstanding relegation candidate, is there? No, and there's always a chance that they could get pulled into that just through the basis of being slightly less good than they were last season. Just through the basis of being like they've always been, apart from last season. <laughs> yeah, for the past fifteen years. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, you know, okay, they've lost two games at home. Those two games at home were to fucking Exeter and Saracens, who will beat most people at home. Oh. But and they actually were playing okay. Yeah, and I think in that's fact, the I problem. Think that's a frustrating thing because I think they could have had that ex- on another yeah. time, you know, another they, day. I think that's the thing. They lost to both Exeter and Saracens who were nowhere near their best at home. And that's probably... It, it's understandably worrying, I would imagine. But it's not over yet. Right. Uh, what else we got a shit? Graham Love got in touch. He said, shit was my mid after watching Glasgow claim the Challenge Cup, knowing I still had to endure weakened Edinburgh away at a strong Leinster. Yeah, that wasn't fun, was it? <laughs> and then, That's of course, the Leinster prop decided to elbody, elbow somebody in the face, just just for good measure. Well, indeed. I mean, it's it's not been what you'd call a, f- a fun weekend for Scottish rugby, is it, really? No. Have you got any more shit? Um... Well, the only other shit I had we kind of already covered, which is just Leicester's defence. Yes. Fucking hell. Things got better when Ben Young's went off. Fancy that. Well, hmm. Hmm. What else we got? It's shit then from Twitter. Beaker, he said, shit is Edinburgh hammering pointlessly away at Leinster's line for endless phases while ignoring the big gap out wide. That's what (laughs) we like to call doing a Wales, isn't it, John? That is just mega doing. That is doing a... (laughs) Uh, That's a, a Wales, Wales versus Australia. Hi- yeah, hyper hyper focused onto Wales versus Australia in 2015. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. otherwise known as the most frustrated I've ever been in my life. We only ta- attack a seven meter stretch of the line <laughs> all the time. Every everything that the light touches is our kingdom. <laughs> what's Devin. beyond the What's beyond the posts? We do not go there. Was <laughs> that like the village? <laughs> Uh, right, so Cole Devitt going to said shit was shit being a sale player this morning, Monday morning. Training will have been medieval. I mean, what was he even saying with that? Oh, we'll have to have an old school training session. He's but, basically saying he's going to fucking beast them, which is great from a player welfare point of view, isn't it? <laughs> fucking prick. Honest, like, rugby doesn't need that kind of attitude in it at the best of times. And I understand that he's not happy about things, but yeah. 
blaming yeah, and he's like, the players. Really, and he's horrible to people like in the media. You just ask reasonable questions as well. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And also, I kind of feel like maybe the players aren't the problem here, Steve. Yeah. You know, do you maybe think about taking responsibility for your what is it, seven or eight? I mean, years? What is he be most worried about? He'll be saying, "What is it? There's a Targaryen bitch <laughs> over the Pennines <laughs> with a dragon." Oh my god! I keep forgetting that he's Markadere, and then he. <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, right, moving on to good. Yes, because uh, Cole's got another. Is Cole Devitt has a good one as well. He said, "Good is Willis Halaholo and his little skip sidestep." That was a lovely run, wasn't it? Honestly, watch that all day, can't you? Even when Cardiff are bad, he's good. But when yes. Cardiff are good, oh, he's just fucking like Friday night. I made a brilliant win, first win of the season for the Blues against Munster. Uh, and he was absolutely at the heart of everything, as fucking per usual. Like, it's weird about Willis Alaholo actually, because he'd start for pretty much everyone. <laughs> like, think of a yes. team that wouldn't start him at twelve. There's not many. He's a very, very nice player, isn't he? <clears throat> he is, and it's weird he doesn't get a bit more hype and a bit more attention. Probably because he plays in such a sort of well, he has played in such an average Blues team for a lot of the last couple of years. But I mean, I am. Um... I was so excited when I looked at the results on Saturday before watching the... When I saw that Williams had scored three tries, I was like, Nick Williams has scored a hat-trick. This is the greatest day. <laughs> and it wasn't. It was the uh, the young... There's a come off Arvon Williams, yes. is it? It's come off. Thomas Williams. Thomas yes. Williams, sorry. Um, um, yes, well, we can... But it's it's genuinely... I don't... You know, I'm not a massive fan of this whole, you know, residency tourism thing, but purely selfishly... Uh, it's a shame he doesn't Unless qualify. it works for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, pure, it's a damn shame he doesn't qualify for Wales until after the World Cup, to be honest, because him and Hadley Parks as a combo could be quite fun. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. Bad. <laughs> what else have we got that's um, good then? I've got Duncan Weir. Did, what, what can you say? I'd love to know what odds you'd get on him as first try scorer in that game. First two Let try alone. scorers, First two it? try scorers, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, Strokes yeah. over a load of points, look the consummate out half, yeah. Yeah, he did, he did that thing that Duncan Weir occasionally does, where he has an absolute fucking worldie of a game, yes. and everyone goes, "Oh, Duncan Weir!" And then it's like, "No, no, 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 no." So oh. he remains Duncan Weir. Don't worry, everything's fine. Don't Daddy, panic. why is that dwarf man with no neck playing so well? Don't worry, it won't last very long. Because um, we don't remember when he found his niche, didn't he? In that Scotland game, where they brought him on as a blood replacement, and he whammed a glorious clearance about seventy yes. meters. Then immediately went off. It was like that's yeah. it. That's yeah. we found the perfect Duncan Weir job. He's effectively an NFL. Why he hasn't gone to the NFL to be a punter? Right, literally now. Oh, I had a... Get on, get on a fucking plane, Duncan. The Green Bay game last Sunday when it went into overtime, and I can't remember who Green Bay were playing, but Green Bay's opponents had a chance to kick two field goals in overtime. They did. I missed yeah. them both. And I went into full, you know, you go into that full rugby meltdown about field goals. <laughs> you are just like, there's no fucking excuse for missing from there. When you've got, you can time your run up, it's banging front, it's an absolute fire. <laughs> How are more, like your point, how are more people from rugby not going, I will never miss? Yeah. Two Duncan, million pounds a year, please. Yeah, Duncan Weir. <laughs> I mean, he can he could be a punter, he could be a, a kicker. He'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. And you'd only have to like get a, a large boy's uniform for him. So <laughs> <laughs> think of the savings. Um, what have you got? It's good. Good for me. Uh, Bundyaki. Oof. Unplayable. 
Connacht on Saturday evening, to be honest. Smashed everything in his path. Uh, I've not seen everywhere. the highlights of the Connacht game, I'll be honest. I'll tell you what. Scarless just didn't know what to do. He, was, he had one of those where Bundyak... You remember when Connacht won the league and yeah. Bundyak regularly had one of those? He had one of those. <laughs> yeah. Where it was just like, I will run through you or I will run around you or I will just take the contact and do a silly offload. And he just did that for 80 minutes and Scarless just had not no answer to him whatsoever. Um, oh my God, that's good. Simon Hammersley. Yes. He continues just to be the fullback every week for Newcastle. <laughs> and I love him. I love he's, you know what it is? Because he's one of them, you look at him and you go, I you know, you you look at him and even though you know it's not true, you think you could be a professional rugby player when you watch Simon Hammond. And that's not having a go at him because he's a really <laughs> consummate player. Do you know what I mean? He's a he's a solid consummate player. But a son about him makes you think, I'm sure I could do that. You know, you yeah. watch Willis Halahola, you go, I can never fucking do that. No. Never. And you and there's something about he's got a little bit of the sort of he doesn't look he looks unwell, you know? <laughs> he he's not that big. He doesn't he's, look that quick. Like there's something just... about Newcastle's something about Newcastle's kit and the collars that just make him look like his neck is really, really small. <laughs> which is just <laughs> like just lovely. And he's got a tiny little head. It's like he just there's something and he's and they say he's a really good player. But yeah. he doesn't he's in what baseball but in baseball terms they would say he fails the sight test massively hugely undervalued yeah he would be enormously at, undervalued yeah, yeah. His, his, his value of over replacement would be excellent he's like because... a submarine pitcher it shouldn't exactly. work exactly and you look you do, yeah a scout would go and look at him and go he does not look like a fucking rugby player no can't but trust he it is, he looks alright today but you can't trust this long term no. yeah and but and he yet is, and yet and he absolutely is and it's yeah Right, moving on. Weird. You got uh, any good? Yes. Uh, good. Um, credit where it's due, right? The Dragons. I thought you were going to say Haskell again. Oh, no. <laughs> After yeah, I, started getting, I started getting targeting ads on my own fucking website. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so that, yeah. that was the end of that. Uh, yeah, um, anyway, sorry, the Dragons, yes. Um, the Dragons might have only beaten the Kings and Zebra at home this season. But it is worth noting that they have now equaled their win count from last season four games into the season, hmm. which you know is is. They not just don't enough. look like they should be equaling their win count. But well, I suppose maybe I mean, that's the trick of it. The trick is, are they going to win any more? Because they're not going to have many easier games than Zebra at home and Kings at home, and you know they've maybe got decent last week though. But yeah, of the games you're going to get, Wait, yeah, yeah. Compared to home, everything else, relative to everybody else. Those two teams are, you know, can they win three games? Can they win four games? I don't know. But, I mean, at least they've got... They've started the season in a way that is not entirely depressing, which, as to be honest, I imagine as Dragons fans, you're absolutely... Well, it was up until last week. Things yeah. can soon change. <laughs> well, absolutely. But, like, you know, they've, they've won two games on the bounce. Maybe this is the... It's not, let's be honest, but maybe it is. That's what we've got as good here. Joe Taring got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud and he said, good, in the rain, at the end of a game with basically no real skill on display at any stage, all <laughs> six points, all six foot seven and 19 stone of Elliot Stook flinging a glorious looping mispass to set what, up that, a winning try. That is fuck Cipriani's fucking <laughs> platinum wrists or whatever the hell. That was glorious. Like, Elliot Stook genuinely had a fantastic game and uh, I really like him. As a as a player, I think he's got bags of fucking talent, and he's only twenty five as well. But 
just watching a lock take the ball and just fling it out so nonchalantly and so beautifully. Perfect. Loved it. Toby Baker got in touch on Twitter and said, no one's calling for him to be England 10 based off a nice clip off Twitter, though, are they? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. Nobody's calling for him to be in the England squad full the stop. The autumn's a weird time, though, isn't it? Because there's only about six weeks of the season before it all kicks off in the international. So what happens is if somebody has two good games... They want the entire international team to change, don't they? You know, six new caps because six people have had sort of decent... Yeah. Although, Eddie claiming to pick on form and then picking six Harlequins players in his squad is a bit mad. It is, but that that squad won't be the squad that gets picked for the internationals anyway. And also, he's just... He's not going to pick Cyprian. He never was. (laughs) Well, this is... You say that. We were discussing this in the summer. It's like, was that a... A sort of. I've played his, it. Shut up. Yeah. Yes. Or was it a genuine chance? And now I think we can say with some certainty, it was. A, I've played him. Now fuck off. Yes. Any more yeah. good? Uh, we mentioned him briefly earlier. Young Thomas Williams uh, for the Blues. Like he was very good on tour for Wales in the summer, um, but his performance against Munster for the Blues probably made it quite a strong case that he might be Wales's number one scrum off in Reese Webb's absence because he's got that such a good blend of like control and improvisation mm. and the ability to snipe and with Gareth Davis sort of looking back to his brainless worst for the Scarlets again and Ali Davis not exactly setting the world alight he's playing fine but he's not doing amazing no he's a kind of decent God. technician Ali Davis isn't he he won't, do, he won't let you down but he's not going to he is an out. absolutely yeah. rock solid club 10 yeah. uh, club 9 rather yeah. he's exactly what we need but I don't really feel the need for him to play for Wales. Um, and yeah, you just look at him and think, yeah, you should probably be playing for Wales, son. Well, and... again, there's no outstanding candidate, is there? No. I mean, and, I Gareth... suppose Davis is simply because of experience, he's man... I suppose. Yeah, and he's, he's in the, the man the... in possession, but he's not had a very good start to the season. And I... until he starts looking like he can tr- control a game, questions will dog him about whether or not he can control a fucking game. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of how it works. Yeah. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, good. Uh, Kerry got in touch. He said, it took me a while to decide whether this was shit or good, but I eventually decided that it was good by virtue of the ongoing comedy value it's going to provide. Premier sports commentators, and particularly Wing Griffith, among his nonsense this week, we are approaching the witching hour, a, referen- a reference to the game approaching the 60-minute mark, and the mix of this side is missing something, perhaps some yeast, is what he said. <laughs> See, I am absolutely in. Totally in favour of all these oh, things. Oh, and the Irish commentator in the Scarlet's game said how much Reese Patchell looked like Prince Harry. Where the fuck has he been for the last five years? <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. Any Even, more good things? Like, Go I'd like to throw in uh, a late good that I've literally just seen on Twitter and it's made me laugh more than <laughs> I could possibly imagine. Uh, anyone who's on Welsh Rugby Twitter will probably be aware of uh, Robin Davey, former... Yes. Newport, uh, South Wales Argus reporter, uh, Elliot, uh, Newport RFC insider, massive Brexiteer and Tory and general prick. Um, he, uh, someone has just screen grabbed the fact that he has uh, replied to Shania Twain's announcement that she is uh, going to, uh, she's playing in Birmingham tonight. And his response is, been waiting a long time for this, like 14 years, in fact. So, uh, Robin Davies off to see Shania this evening, which has made me 
so so happy. She seems uh, right in the Brexit demographic, Shania, doesn't she? she? She seems. I mean, I didn't imagine him enjoying music. You know, I just imagine he just goes home and just scowls and broods. So, yeah, but glorious stuff. So there you go. Then I'm yeah. back. Got a bit of fucking brevity about a thing, and I've cut it. I've cut ten minutes off last week. So. <laughs> Never let it be said that we're not lean as fuck. Yeah, thank you, everybody. We'll speak to you all soon. You'll have a rugby life coming soon this week, and we'll speak to you with a normal pod next week, or a pod next week. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. The world of work has changed dramatically, and organisations are evolving. A full or part-time MBA from UCD Smurfit School equips managers to react at pace and deliver change. Now is the time to transform your career and gain a new business network. Join our virtual MBA Experience Day on Saturday, November 20th. Register at smurfitschool.ie forward slash events. UCD Michael Smurfit Graduate Business School. Developing impactful business leaders. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.